Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Epocalypse, The Digital Dystopia is Coming, written by Steve Bellinger. A Programmed Subservience Future, or Worse Maddie Williams' retirement as a computer tech goes awry when he and his girlfriend Divi discover that new social technologies are subtly affecting the minds of their users. As they delve deeper into the technological marvels revolutionizing the lives of virtually everyone on the planet, they are set on a course that leads directly back to their employer, Royden Technologies. Now there's the latest gadget, augmented reality glasses known as Augies, that can literally recreate reality for the user, all controlled by the ruthlessly efficient global computer system with the deceptively reassuring name of Nana. Will Maddie, Divi, and their super geek friend Howard save humanity from a life of programmed subservience, or will their attempt to thwart Nana result in something even worse? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Epocalypse. Chapter 1. Day Zero. Magic. That's what it was. Electronic magic. The device I held in my hands seemed impossible. A quarter-inch thick, if that, and an eight-inch touchscreen with incredible image quality. A far cry from the first computer I worked with. A system with a couple dozen refrigerator-sized components. And sure, I had seen the evolution from those huge monsters to desktops, laptops, then tablets, phones, and watches. But the technology packed into these tiny devices, thousands of times more powerful than those room-filling mainframes, still made my head spin. And everyone today simply takes this magic for granted. My 12-year-old grandson took his tablet computer back. Look, Grandpa! He swiped the screen and proudly showed me his personal homepage on the Friends and Family Network, the insanely popular new social media website where people could connect and share pictures, bad jokes, and fake news, operated by Royden Technologies. It had taken so many members away from the other social media services in the past couple of months that they were all in danger of shutting down. There was a post with a photo of the two of us standing in the front yard that had been taken earlier that day. Not the most flattering picture of me. Digital cameras always made me look fat. Ugh, how many friends do you have on here? A hundred and fifty. I scowled. You know a hundred and fifty other kids? No, Grandpa. Most of them I never met in person. But we're connected on friends and fam. See, he's from Ohio, he's from California, and she's from Korea. Ain't that cool? Oh, Lord, I thought. Which one of those kids is really some adult scumbag posing as a child? The next John Wayne Gacy. And I still couldn't see how this social media site was any different from the others. You know, you should be careful what you put on there. I'm careful. I'll bet. Let me know before you put my picture up for the whole world to see next time. It's not the whole world. Just 150 kids. Why don't you have an account, Grandpa? You work for them, don't you? Not for long, I said. No way am I putting all my personal information out there. I never signed on to any other data-grabbing social media website before, and I wasn't going to start with this one. I took the tablet from him and looked closely at an ad on the side. Hmm. A special on a popular brand of dental adhesive. I could get a 10-pack for a really good price. Wait, why would an ad like this show up on a 12-year-old's page? And it just happens to be my favorite brand. 
probably because he used my full name in the text. But of all the Matthew Williamses there must be in the world, how did it know it was me? Did it recognize my face from the photo? He did refer to me as his grandpa. Did it make that connection? Maybe it was just a weird coincidence. It was still more than a little unnerving. Darnell took the tablet back and started poking and swiping the screen again. You ever see this, Grandpa? Uh, What's that? I squinted as I looked at the bright screen on the impossibly thin device. It's a new game that just came out. It's called Lucky Nerdheads. Really cool. 50 plus years of advancement in computer technology. And for what? So kids can play a stupid time-wasting game called Lucky Nerdheads? And if that wasn't bad enough, someone didn't even know how to spell nerd properly. Whatever happened to real computer games like Space Invaders? You start the game. He described the action on the screen as if I was too blind to see and too dumb to comprehend. And these little nerdheads appear randomly on the screen. Little rectangular smiley faces. They look familiar. And they're not random. They're nerd heads, Grandpa, and they do come on the screen randomly, Darnell corrected. (laughs) Forgive me, I chuckled. He was actually a pretty smart kid, just like his dad. Now, after a bunch of them appear on the screen, your diamond ship appears. It has a blaster that fires from all four points, but it can only shoot a nerd head that's right next to it, so you have to move it right up next to them. He touched the diamond shape and dragged it over next to a smiley face, tapped it, and a tiny beam flashed that erased the nerd head and awarded him some points. Hmm, little like Pac-Man, I muttered. At least we had the decency to use a joystick. A white nerd head is worth 50 points. A blue nerd head is worth 100 points. And a nuclear nerd head, a red one, is worth 500 points. But if you don't get it in time, it'll blow everything up, and that's the end of the game. Wait a minute. I thought I recognized these things. What you call nerd heads. They're just old ASCII characters IBM used back in the 80s. The little smiley face thing was either a start of header or start of line code or something like that. And the diamond was an end of transmission character. And they are not random. As a matter of fact, I think I saw a pattern. Darnell tapped the screen and paused the game. You're random, Grandpa. He looked at me like I was a third grader who had just failed a second grade spelling test. What happened to all the games with the realistic graphics? Mom and Dad won't let me play those. Too violent. My favorite video game was Donkey Kong, I said, wistfully. Donkey Kong? Darnell laughed. Yeah. This gorilla would kidnap this girl and take her to the top of this thing with a bunch of girders and ladders. Your Mario character had to try to climb up and save her while the gorilla throws barrels down on him. What did the donkey do? Huh? What donkey? There's no donkey. Then why was it called Donkey Kong? Darnell said. I shook my head. Yeah, made more sense than that lucky nerdhead's app. You'll never understand this game. I'll never understand the game? <laughs> I chuckled to myself. He didn't even know what ASCII was. So how much did this stupid nerdhead's game cost you? Lucky nerdhead's. It was free. I just downloaded it. <laughs> Nothing's free, I thought. I'm sure he never read the list of things he gave the app permission to access on his device before installing. And there were no ads. It was probably downloading the entire family's genealogy and bank balances while we were sitting there. Darnell, bedtime. Okay, Mom, he shouted back to the voice that came from upstairs. He set the still-glowing tablet on the desk and looked around as if he had misplaced something. Vicky, Darnell said. 
Who the hell is a vic- Before I could get my words out, I got my answer. Yes, Darnell. The smooth, sweet female voice came from a little blue box that sat on the bedstand. It was about three inches square, with a thin line of blue light around the middle that pulsated as it spoke. Where is my phone, Vicky? After a few seconds, the thing responded. Your phone is in your room on your bed. Okay. Thanks, Vicky. You're welcome, Darnell. What was that all about? I said, picking up the blue box that was connected to a power cube plugged in the wall. There were no markings on it. I turned it over and saw the label on the bottom. V-I-C-I. Voice-Controlled Interactive Command Interface. Royden Technologies Incorporated. Made in China. You never heard of Vicky? Darnell said. It's made by the people you work for. Right. What does it do? It was hard to keep up with all the stuff Royden was selling. Everything, Darnell grinned. Ugh, seems a little creepy to me. We just got it this week. You can ask it things and tell it to do things. Who's your favorite singer, Grandpa? Um, I don't know. Nat King Cole? <laughs> Who? Darnell laughed. <laughs> ask Vicky to play a song by him. Vicky? I said. Yes. Who is speaking? That's my grandpa, Darnell said. He wants you to play a song. What would you like to hear, my grandpa? I didn't like it calling me that. Play something by Nat King Cole. There was a pause of a few seconds. I can't find a song named Something by Nat King Cole. Would you like to hear Something by the Beatles? Stupid machine, I mumbled. Play Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole. Playing Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole. After a few seconds, the song began. It was a tiny box with one little speaker, but sounded okay. Surprisingly well, actually. And it was Nat King Cole. <laughs> That's pretty slick. I had to grin. Darnell, it's time for bed. Let's go. Yes, Mom. The kid gave me a hug. Good night, Grandpa. Good night, darn it. Darnell, he chuckled and ran up the stairs. Yeah, I loved my grandson. But it was hard to get used to a prepubescent Einstein who knew so much more than me. It seemed like all of the young people knew more than I did. All the new technology, the smartphones, tablets, smartwatches, and video games. And why the hell did they call it Bluetooth? No, they didn't know them. They just knew how to use them, how to operate them, how to click the right icons on the graphical user interface some programmer created. Not one of them could fix a computer if it was broken. They needed people like me for that. Nat King Cole was still coming out of the little box. Vicky? Yes, my grandpa. Jeez, don't call me that. My name is Maddie. I'm sorry. Yes, Maddie. You can turn off the music now. The music stopped. They were all upstairs, getting ready for bed. Me? I was about to retire from 25 years as a senior technical support manager, a fancy title for an old fart computer repair tech supervisor. And I was already loving it. I promised my family I'd spend a week with them so they could make sure I was fine. After that, they agreed to leave me the hell alone. I didn't need to be babysat like some brainless preschooler. But I knew they wouldn't keep their end of the bargain. They loved me too much. Well, that week would be up tomorrow. Darnell had school in the morning, and his parents, my son Frank and daughter-in-law Lucy, had to work. My only obligation was to wake up in the morning with all my faculties intact. I found my ebook reader on the desk. Now that it was quiet, maybe I could finish my reading. I pressed the power button. N nothing happened. I pressed it again. Damn battery was dead. I set it back on the desk and connected the charger. Dad? You down there? 
I turned and saw Frank come down the stairs. No, I'm in the attic. Frank shook his head. Aren't you going to bed? He was already in his pajamas. Why? It's late. Frank was a handsome young man. Nice tan complexion, a little lighter than me, and wavy black hair that was not cut as short as mine. Married that nice Italian girl, Lucy. Thought I'd have a problem with an interracial marriage at first, but they seemed made for each other. And Darnell was growing up to be a damn fine kid. So? So? You need your rest. He stood next to me as I glared sadly at the dead e-reader. Yes, I do have to be somewhere tomorrow morning. I looked up at him as he was a head taller than I. Oh, wait. That place is here. <laughs> Very funny, he grinned. Look, we don't want you staying up all night again. You'll oversleep and be late for work. You're joking, right? I'm just going in to turn in my keys. Get there whenever the hell I feel like it. Frank sighed. You're as bad as the kids sometimes. Okay, I promise to be in bed before midnight, all right? You know, we do have plenty of room. Ain't gonna happen, okay? Told you, I have my own place, and I like it there. You'll still be able to spend time with your friend. Her name is Divya, remember? Just wanted you to know that you're both welcome here. Look, son, it must be hard enough for you two to make ends meet these days. You don't need another... Wait, is that it? Do you guys need money? No, Dad, we're doing okay, Frank said with an insincere smile. Can't see how. I looked around the room. You guys waste electricity like it was free. Like this thing. I gestured toward the television on the wall. The screen was dark, but there was a red light on below. Don't you teach the kid to turn things off when he's done? Dad? Probably left it on after streaming that movie. I grabbed the remote and hit the power button. The light went off, and a second later, the screen lit up with the evening news, a banner at the bottom of the screen dispassionately reporting the death of another teen as a result of yet another shooting. Another day in the life of a big city. What the hell? I hit the button again. The screen went dark, and the little light came back on. Well, that's stupid. A light to tell you the TV is off? It's on standby. The picture comes up quicker. Wait, I said. I got one of these at home. A little older, but it's a flat screen LED just like this. When I turn mine on, it takes like 10 seconds for the picture to come up. Well, this one only takes about three or four seconds. Frank took the remote from me and set it on the desk. So, uh, let me get this straight, I said in my best indignant tone. This thing sits here, sucking up power all night and half the day, just so you don't have to wait an extra six seconds for a picture? No wonder they call it vampire power. Well, it's not exactly sucking up power. You work for the electric company, for gosh sakes. I manage the customer service department, he said. Even still, I know the TV has taken up only a tiny bit of power in standby. Almost nothing. Multiply that by who knows how many millions of these damn things are out there using up electricity doing nothing, I grumbled. Doesn't any of that bother you? If people didn't use electricity, I wouldn't have a job, now would I? Why don't you just calm down and go to bed? I hated it when anyone told me to calm down. But this was my son, and I was in his home, so I tried. Fine. You have to work tomorrow. Go on to bed. I held up a hand when he opened his mouth to speak. I'll be in bed before midnight, I promise. Frank hung his head. Sure, Dad. He stepped closer, and I let him hug me. Then he turned and started back up the stairs. Good night. I love you. Good night, Frank, 
I waited until I was sure he was out of earshot. I love you too. I stared at the empty staircase and decided I had been defiant enough. I was getting sleepy. I got up and turned off the light over the desk, pulled the sofa bed open, and arranged the sheets. After considering what it would take to unpack my jammies, take a shower, and change, I stripped down to my skivvies and turned out the ceiling light. I immediately noticed just how dark it wasn't. Ugh, that stupid light on the TV. Below that, the cable box brightly displayed the time in the last channel we watched, while the indicator on the streaming video player reminded me we had actually watched some on-demand program. The computer was on, of course, with the hard drive activity light blinking, even though no one was sitting there. The monitor screen was blank, but only hibernating, as indicated by the little amber light in the corner. The lights on the wireless router on the shelf above the desk were flashing like crazy. I wondered if anyone was actually online, somewhere in the house, or if some hacker was trying to gain access. A little green light told me that my e-reader was charging, while a little blinking blue light assured me the charger was doing its job. I imagined how much electronic activity was going on in the house while everyone slept. There were digital clocks in every bedroom, on the microwave, the kitchen stove, and the radio mounted under the cabinets. How the hell can this family be late for stuff all the time? There were chargers for every smartphone, tablet, laptop, and MP3 player in the house. The little robot vacuum cleaner was hiding away, charging its batteries, so that tomorrow, while everyone was out, it could automatically clean the floors and give free rides to the cat. And everything was connected to the web. Everything. The home security system actively monitoring every door and window was internet-enabled so it could be controlled and checked on a smartphone. There was a computer screen on the refrigerator they used for... Hell, I don't know what they used it for. They watched streaming movies on their smart TVs. They even had Wi-Fi in the car, for gosh sakes. Every connection was just another way for some bozo somewhere in the world to tap in and take whatever information he wants. The house was bleeding power and data, and no one seemed to know or care about it. I turned and glared at the little blue box. Damn thing was sitting there, listening, recording everything being said in the room, probably. I reached over and pulled the plug on it. Okay, so now I couldn't sleep. I got up and checked my e-reader. Dummy, I said to myself. I won't have much of a charge after ten minutes. If I had bought the paper version, I would be happily enjoying the adventures of Captain James Kirk and company. Darnell's tablet was hibernating on the desk. I wondered if I could somehow download the book onto it. I picked it up and tapped it, briefly blinded by the brightness. The lucky nerdhead's game sprang to life. I watched as the little characters populated the playing field. That just couldn't be random. I stared at the screen. I'd swear I could see a pattern. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Epocalypse. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.